Hey folks, this is Arun from the future. Just here to make a quick note about the recording of this episode. I was at the shop, it was a busy day, and you can totally tell in the background noise of my recording. So, apologies for that. I've got a new microphone now. We're getting a little bit more dialed in on the sound quality, and you can still enjoy it. Have a good one. Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 64, and my name is Arun Kumar. I'm the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? Good morning. I am very tired. I feel like I've been uh, been beat up from the weekend, but that that's okay. What'd you do this weekend? I spent probably anywhere from 50 to 60 hours at our local racetrack for the ice cream cruise. There, there aren't even 50 to 60 hours in a weekend. What do you mean? Or you took yeah, Friday off? Yeah. Yeah. I, I took a took a half day Friday. I'm like, what are you talking right. about? Like, right. yes, there is. <laughs> the weekend is as long as you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that on today's episode. But first, a quick reminder, if you like what you hear on this podcast and our listenership continues to grow, and I'm very grateful to each and every one of you that tunes in every week, and I'd be even more grateful if you would share the show with one more person, because the more people that join the Driven community, the better this community gets. So I'd love for each of you to share this with one person that you think could use a little bit more drive in their life. Dan, do you have a fun fact for us? Yeah, I, I know that we typically like to stay with auto news on this, but I really don't want to talk about the UAW for the third week straight. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm just, I'm just going to ignore that part. And I found something that I'm going to classify as auto news because it does have a motor and it kind of has wheels but it doesn't so um (laughs) in an israeli tank was stolen from a military zone uh a while back and um they finally found it uh some some dude stole it and uh parked it in a junkyard for safekeeping for for some sort of reason it's a it's an in uh, an israeli merkava 2 tank disappeared from the training zone in northern israel near the coastal city of i'm gonna not pronounce this right haifa that's Uh, right uh the israeli army said on wednesday so they found it a few days later and uh people have been arrested for the theft so it's just interesting that a, a tank was even available to be stolen in the first place. Was it like a former tank operator that stole it? Potentially, I, I, maybe. There's really it's not a long article. I just the uh, just an I just thought it was interesting. Like, not here for a long time. It's here for a good time, <laughs> right? So I mean, it it blended in with the scrapyard. So all right, that's interesting. Well, yeah. 
I mean, I'm going to count it as something auto does have a motor and it does move. (laughs) That's fine. I will accept that one. Uh, All right. Let's, let's update people on, on bring a trailer. So yeah, mine, mine went sideways. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. You, I mean, it was, it was, it was was kind of bad, but yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the Isuzu elf. Your guess was twenty grand. The actual final bid was twenty seven thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah, that got yeah. run up a lot in the last in, hour. In an hour, yeah, that's what's yeah. nuts. I I would have expected maybe a little bit, but not that much. And then on the E sixty three wagon that I got, I guessed forty five, and it actually went for fifty one. So that was another big run up in the last little yeah, bit. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and that one must have. You know, all it takes is one right buyer to see the listing and go, "Ooh, I want it," and yep. then pay you know a little bit more. And we're you know, neither of us missed by a by a big actual number. Your percentage was higher because it was a cheaper car, but right, yeah, you know, six grand for me, seven grand for you. It it's like it's interesting to see how these dynamics play out. And right at the end of the day, it is both us as appraisers but it's also just what are the market dynamics that day that, mm-hmm. that we don't really have control over <clears throat> okay for this week dan for you oh you're gonna like it okay somewhat you better not pick the one i did 1968 shelby mustang gt350 convertible oh well the vert kind of <laughs> just killed it but okay <laughs> yeah so it's a it's twenty nine thousand miles total mileage unknown or actual mileage unknown it's got the 302 three-speed automatic it's got some beautiful green paint um with white stripes oh yeah black on bullet, black bullet color yeah, thing. It, yeah it is okay. it is quite nice and it actually did trade on bring a trailer in december okay so this was a recent bring a trailer alumni 126 before okay wow this dude's getting hammered why on the comments no just the the current bids with a uh a day to go yeah we just learned yeah yeah, this can go sideways fast um is there a reserve on this thing yeah Okay. I don't know what the reserve is, but I bet it doesn't get it. If I had to guess. I, I bet I bet his reserve is probably like close to what he paid. But we just finished talking about the fact that the last little bit of the auction can make or break it. Yeah. I still don't think it hits it. If it's like 125 grand and he's not hitting it. Well, what do you think it's it is gonna hit? Um I think that this auction This one's tough because I I think the current bids are low, and I I am a little worried that they're. Now you're letting has, market dynamics play a little too much. There hasn't been a bid since the twenty second. That's fine. Ugh. This one sucks. <laughs> the car <laughs> or or the guess i mean the car's okay i it's not it's still a convertible yeah the, the vert kind of kills it. i love the color um especially with the brown in the interior it works um 
I'm going to say 110. And that's like going out on a limb with how low this is with no bids. I think nothing nothing matters until that last day. Yeah, I just think this is a hard car because it's not it's not like it's special because it's like an early GT350, but it's not like special special. Like there's no it's not a 500. It's it's a it's a vert. It's just it's not what you would typically look for in a 68, I guess. In my opinion, for someone, for someone it is, and for somebody, it's for somebody can afford. You know, there are people who buy convertible M3s because they're cheaper. There's people who buy convertible everything because they're Mm -hmm. cheaper. And yeah, this is another one of those where you know you're getting you you're not getting the M4 or the M6 that you really want, but you're getting a convertible older M3. Yeah, because if you're buying a GT500, yeah, it's way more expensive right. than what this right. is and yeah. hey 110,000 isn't a cheap car <laughs> no it's not by any means no, it's not. <laughs> all right i mean i like it i would drive it i don't know if i'd buy it but i'd drive it i don't think i'd fit in it so i probably wouldn't drive it <laughs> you'd be looking over the the windshield right <laughs> hey that's okay uh i like well, the roll bar actually yeah, the roll bar is nice. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's an auto, which I don't like. It is what it is. It is is what, what it is, is on the auto? Yeah, yeah it is All what right. it is. Um, My car, it was one of the first listings that I saw this morning when I looked. <laughs> and I'm going with it because... It's one of my favorite movie cars of all time from one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, boy. This is a... Wolf of Wall Street car. Oh, the Countach. The 1987 Lamborghini Countach 5000 QV. It's white on white. It's uh, got 5,000 miles-ish shown on the odometer. Uh, it's, a, it's a premium, no reserve car with an hour to go. So I'm putting uh, Arun on the button here. Mm. Yeah, it's white on white on white. It's I love it so much. I saw this it and I was like, that's the super one. Super popular listing, also. Yeah. So I many just, comments. I'd be, I'd be so afraid to sit in that car with like blue jeans on. Yeah, I could <laughs> never. Any any white seated car, I think, is just a bad it's idea. It's terrifying, but it's so cool. <laughs> like, I love it so much. I need to, I need to think. And it is going for quite a lot right now. It's six hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars. But uh, it is—it's a great car for a car that you can't back up without looking outside of the car. I'm gonna go with seven hundred thousand. Seven hundred? Okay. Do I really right. think it's gonna get up another sixty grand in an hour? <laughs> Oof. That I'm going for it, you know. Yeah, I just I'm, I had to lay on the 1980s car again. Maybe, idea, but th- this one, this one's special. I want it to be 700 because I love all um, V12 Lamborghinis. Right. However, however, Dan, did you see my car go on Bring a Trailer? I didn't see what it went for. It. No reserve, or it met it. It went reserve, not met at four hundred and ninety-seven thousand. Ooh, 
super low because the dealer yeah. that bought it from the previous owner paid probably 700,000 for it. Yeah. Yeah. And probably. I believe I believe in that car. Right. I will I will own it. I just said I <laughs> said I will own it 3 years from now, but I will own it. Right. <laughs> and yeah, man, that was a interestingly low bid. Yeah, I, I just think surprised. that some of these cars are coming down a little bit. Yeah. And I think the market's definitely shifting with the right. economy. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what some of these cars go for now. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So, but, but thank you for enter- entertaining me on the, uh, on the Countach because one of my favorite Lambos of all time. That's that's one of those poster cars that you it had. Is, I I have I have a model Countach, but weirdly it's Ferrari red mm-hmm. with tan interior. But yeah, okay. I have a one eighteen. No, it's a one twenty four scale model of a Countach. Okay, okay, yeah. Nothing nothing made me laugh more in the Grand Tour watching Hammond having to like open the door and literally look behind him because he couldn't see out of the rear windshield to back it up. But that's one of the features of the car is you're supposed to sit on the door sill. Right. And back and it, back up. it up that way. That's 100% yeah. a part of how that car works. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Dan, you you were at the track for 50 to 60 hours this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say you like cars? Um, maybe a little too much. Mm. but not enough at the same time not enough <laughs> yeah. i don't know about not enough but uh, maybe yeah, some it, people who who don't understand would say too much yeah it's uh to spend that much time at an event is um i would i don't even know if there's a word for beyond passion um like you really have to love it and be dedicated to it um in deal with everything going on with all the spectators and staff members and their problems and things that they're doing. Um, there's just a lot that goes into a show like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you don't always get to do what you want to do when you're working on. Like I, I didn't see any of the, the actual car show, um, (laughs) other than watching the majority of them come in the gate. Um, but I didn't walk the show and actually like go into detail and look at them. And it was kind of the same thing yesterday. I spent a lot of time out on the road course, watching the road course, uh, roll racing go down, but I didn't go into the pits or anything like that. Um, I didn't really get to see like cars in the pits until later on last night. So it was just, just kind of like, like I love it enough to work and also, miss the actual stuff going on and what do you actually do for work like you've mentioned chrome enhancements a few times but like what does that company do uh so we're a restyling company that sells chrome and black plastic overlays for uh for vehicles on dealership lots uh mostly used is our our bread and butter so we make you know base models look like higher end stuff Mm -hmm. and it's cheap for the dealerships it's it's cheap for the dealerships and the end customer as you have continued to find success with that company for the last how many years like 
Um, I have been in the Chrome Enhancements universe for 10 years now. Okay, so quite a long time. This company's been yeah. around, been selling their products. And what that tells me is that the end consumers buying from these dealerships like when their base model cars look like higher end cars. Yeah, because they get their car for significantly cheaper than what they would be buying a premium for, um, especially you know if they're not in a financial position to buy that premium car. Now they at least have one that kind of looks like it. Yeah, and and so speaking from experience, I unfortunately was not a Chrome Enhancements customer, but I was buying from a very similar company. And, and, I, and I know who they are, and they're great friends. Good. And we love yeah. them much. We do. And and uh, I was sent one of their products um, to put on my F250 to basically give it a Chrome delete. and that is you know at the other end of the scale <laughs> so you you go from black plastic like black rough flat black plastic stuff on base models to chrome in most of the mid ranges on on domestics mm-hmm. to at the top of the line you have body paint matched yep pro, uh, whatever accents whatever you want to call it yep. your grills so basically like on a truck the grill the mirror caps the running boards the door handles sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, the the bumpers. Yep. Those all get paint mashed. Well, I wanted a bit higher end of a look on my Lariat Ultimate truck, but not a Platinum. <laughs> not a Platinum and not a Roush, which have the paint matched portion. But so I, I went and got the uh, gloss black grill cover for my truck. So it looks a bit higher end now because of that. Yep. And a little bit more sporty too. A little bit more sporty, yeah. But but so the point is, is you know, I'm a satisfied customer of this type of product. There's millions of them out there because you guys do a lot of sales with these types a of products. A lot, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it's crazy. Yeah, and the dealerships are are happy with your product, and everybody that works for your company can be satisfied knowing that you're able to sell a lot of it yeah yeah you know when you're doing a a million a month or damn near it you know in chrome plastic stuff it's like wow like anyone outside looking in they don't really know like the volume that's involved with that number it's very high (laughs) like it's very high (laughs) you have low low prices (laughs) yeah I, i mean the uh the the amount of equinox stuff that we sell a year is insane <laughs> oh man okay well so so you you know you spend generally speaking five days a week at work you work mm-hmm. on car stuff all week long you on the weekends are spending you know morning till night at mm-hmm. the racetrack doing car stuff you're when you're on your phone your car your phone background is your car most of the apps on is your phone right are, now? It, it was is, last yeah, time I yeah, saw you. It, it yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> it's the same photo still. Like, did, did I change it? I can't remember. Um, you know, most of the content that you consume is around cars. Like, and I, I know the feeling because I have the exact same unlimited attention span for cars. Yeah, your car is behind you. 
I see it. <laughs> yeah, you can see my car. And there's a sorry, well, listeners. I see Arun and his car is behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so where am I going with this? I believe that if you are passionate about what you do for work, that you will be more fulfilled and more successful doing it. Because the only way in which you can really tolerate your job, because every job has times in it that suck. And we've talked plenty about that before. Always, the, only, yeah. the only time that you can tolerate that kind of stuff for a long period of time is if you're passionate about it. Otherwise, you end up jumping around between job and job. We, we used to be in a world where people were dedicated to the company, kind of whatever the company did. You just did the job, you got paid, you had job security, you had a pension, you had benefits, and you could go home at six o'clock every night and your family would be there for dinner. Yep. And that's how it used to be. Today, you have companies offering such insane value in terms of compensation to their employees that there's a lot of demand and you can get a job pretty much anywhere. And you don't really have to worry about like braving the job market for any long period of time because there's so much demand for work. It's very, it's actually kind of mind boggling to me to see unemployed people. Yeah. It, well, it's crazy that it's like a double-edged sword too. Cause you know, they're paying so much they're getting these workers and that aren't passionate about what they're doing. And then they end up hating their job in six months. <laughs> And then they they leave, but they just went for the pay. Yeah. But then they leave. And so you have this super high churn. And I think churn is, is way higher than it used to be in terms of employment. Yeah. I'd be really curious to know if there's any sort of data out there on like turnover rates year by year, like across all companies in the U S like as an average, I'd be really curious to know if it's gone up. Average time somebody spends at a job. The median employee tenure in the U.S. is 4.3. I don't know why they break this out by gender, but it's 4.3 years for men and 3.8 years for women. I, I, um, could, I could see why. I know why. Why? Uh, because women uh, have kids. A lot of them yeah. will will start a career and then have kids and and then uh, their husbands will take over and and be the sole breadwinners. Right, that happens still a lot, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, I'm learning some interesting information here. Okay, so in in 1983, the median tenure was five years. Okay. In 2014, it was 5.5 years. Okay. So my my everything we were just talking about kind of just went down the drain there. <laughs> I, well, I thought I would think churn is higher than it used to be. I I would agree with you. Yeah, it feel, I, that's my gut. I don't care what the data maybe, says. Maybe we're looking at the wrong stat. Yeah, <laughs> this is where we should bring preparedness into our into our podcasting a little more. But we did not do that today. Well, so sorry, I don't listeners. think we would have had the question before this, though. So yeah, it's true. not like. But anyway, so so the point is, is you got people right now that are super super free to jump between jobs as much as they want because the labor shortage is high, and so people can pretty much work wherever they want. But there's so much dissatisfaction at work because people are just not passionate about it. 
Now, that's something you find a whole lot less of in the automotive aftermarket and specifically the enthusiast-focused aftermarket. Everybody that works for me loves cars. Every single person that works for me is motivated by cars. They enjoy working on cars. They enjoy talking about cars. And that's pretty much all we do. Mm-hmm. There's no, like when we get off work and we're just hanging out at the end of the day, guess what we're doing? We're still talking about cars. It's just different right. cars. <laughs> right. And, and so I really do believe that passion is what yields your most fulfilling life. And so the point of this podcast is just to help you if you find yourself in a position where you're not satisfied with work where you feel unfulfilled, you feel like what you're doing isn't isn't worthwhile, or you're still in college. And this was something that I dealt with a lot when I was in college. And I, I had a career coaching business from 2015 to 2020. And during that time, I showed a lot of people how to do this, which is find your purpose, find your passion. Because I believe that one of the tenets of a fulfilling career is to be passionate about the outcome of your work. Mm -hmm. So there are three things, three questions that you need to ask yourself in order to figure out what you're passionate about in order to figure out where you should focus your efforts on getting a job because the really desirable jobs out there where you are really passionate about the outcome of the work are easier to get. They're easier to get, but because they're so specific, you're going to have to work harder to get them. But what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is if it's a job that's already something where a lot of people want to work, the only way in which you're going to be successful in getting that kind of a job is if you are passionate about it. So let me give you an example. Uh, When I was in college, investment banking and the prestigious deal structuring and transaction services practices of the accounting firms were the most popular groups to go into for finance and accounting students. So every year you would have hundreds of finance and accounting students interviewing for like a few dozen positions in these companies. I went into 10 interviews and I got 10 job offers. Why was that? It's because I actually liked accounting. (laughs) (laughs) There were very few people in those majors that actually liked what they were doing. Yeah, they saw you walk in and they go, what? You actually like this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was more passionate about it than the people interviewing me sometimes. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, my interview with one bank in particular, I remember was very, very depressing. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it was it was sad. They, the guy showed up in a brown suit. And I realized I did not want to work there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and my roommate ended up working there. My roommate right out of college ended up working for that bank. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I believe it's easier to get a job that is a, is a competitive job. That, what am I trying to say? If you want to, a job that is in a competitive field, competitive labor market, you will have an easier time getting it if you are passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Once you get the job, you will be more satisfied doing it. Because you're more satisfied doing it, you will dedicate more of yourself to it. Because you dedicate more of yourself to it, you will be more successful with it. Because you are more successful with it, you 
will get promoted faster, you'll get raises faster, you'll get opportunities to lead faster, and you'll have a more successful career as a whole. So let's help you find that passion. So the first question that you have to ask yourself, I've already alluded to this once, it's what do you have an endless attention span for? So if you're like Dan and me, then what you're doing is you're going out for drives on the weekend. You're going to the racetrack. You're going to car shows. You're watching car documentaries. You're watching reality shows about cars. You're You're, putting together a parts list and dreaming about a car you want to build. You're (laughs) fantasizing about the dream car that you're going to have in your garage. Yeah. You're fantasizing about the dream house that has the tall enough garage for your truck. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And that's what we do. That's how our brains work. Like I know any time of day I can text Dan a picture of a car and it has extra meaning. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I look at it and go, oh. <laughs> uh, so that's number one, because it is so easy to do your job if you are that focused on it all of the time and you will never tire of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that is just how it is for some people when it comes to cars. And I know that that's how it is for some people when they're talking about other things. That's not me. I'm not going to sit here and give you a million examples, but if you are passionate about something, you're passionate about bird watching or baking pies or horse. When in my, um, in the book that I wrote, I talked about becoming a traveling horse doctor. Okay. That was that was what people were, could be passionate about. Yeah. But it could be some sort of software. It could be the process of, I don't know, getting somebody out of homelessness. There's so many different examples for things to be passionate about, for outcomes to care about. And if you like doing something, you should figure out a way to make it your job. Because I don't think you will tire of it. I don't think that it kills your passion for something. It's always going to be there. Yeah. And if you're working with it every day, like talking to the the guys at the charity we were doing the show for, like it increased their mental state. Like it makes them happier people. You know, they're not depressed or feeling like they have nothing going on in their life. You know, they've got, you know, a mission something to do right. because they've, they've mixed their what they love into their work. Right, right, right. Yeah, totally. That, that purpose will actually bring us to our next point here that you just mentioned. Heck yeah, so, segue. Question number two. What do you really care about? So that's a big question. That's a huge question. And I bet a lot of people, millennials and Gen Z's out there going, I don't care about anything. They hate that or oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just want to, you know, I don't want to work as much. I only want to work 32 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, UAW. <laughs> but I bet there's something you care about. I bet if you saw the antithesis of what you care about. Let's say you care about, I'll do a real easy one. You care about puppies. Everybody everybody loves puppies. Heck yeah, we do. All right. Well, I want you to picture a a malevolent looking being in a trench coat with a big top hat on 
facing away from you over a big bathtub full of puppies. <laughs> okay. And this malevolent being is grabbing each of the puppies by the tail and throwing it out of the bathtub. Oh, that 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 being is is a dead man. Why why would he do that? There you go. So you care. I'm sorry I had to conjure, conjure that image. Yeah, what what the, what the heck? That was that was cruel. Well, now you know what I mean. <laughs> you care about something. <laughs> right? And we already knew Dan cared about other things including puppies, but Heck yeah. But for Love the listeners, <laughs> for the listeners, you you do care about stuff. Whether it's that or it's something else, now you have been inspired with the feeling that I want you to think about for things that you can work on and be super, super satisfied with the result. Mm-hmm. Because imagine if you got paid to go around and find those malevolent beings throwing puppies out of bathtubs and like shove them out of the way and handcuff them. And if the listeners just heard that straight pipe <laughs> SS start up outside of my office door, I'm sorry, but that's where I work. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? Um, you know, I've heard so much engine noises over the last three days. I, they all blend together now. Well, we got a LS3 Whipple supercharged E85 straight pipe. This thing's beast. Heck yeah. 800, no, 750 wheel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great car. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so yeah, you if, if, if you got paid to go and just beat the shit out of every puppy abuser out there, you'd probably be satisfied with your work. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you don't have an endless attention span for the sort of martial arts that are needed in order to efficiently beat up all the puppy <laughs> abusers in the world. But that's where you start refining the task that you're doing. And so for starters, this is all we're really talking about is for starters, what do you really care about and what do you have an endless attention span for? This is the top of the funnel that we're getting to here. Where your passion lies can be this really, really big scope. And I want you to narrow it down as you continue to ask yourself these kind of questions. So there's one third question that I want you to ask yourself for what bring what um can help you become enlightened to the passion that you should be focused on finding work related to. And that is what brings you the greatest joy. So for me, this is racing a car on a racetrack is the thing that brings me the greatest joy. Yes, of course, when I see my wife playing with my dog outside in the yard and he she's spraying the hose and he's jumping up and snapping at the water and she's laughing like yes that brings me a ton of joy that'll always do that for me too yeah but but that's everyone right (laughs) And, and and i i totally sympathize with you um but that changes uh once you have a kiddo i i found that my greatest joy was just standing at the starting line holding Hadley and just watching the smile on her face. <laughs> and like, I, I'm like literally like putting her in the position to have the same mindset as me when it comes to cars. And like, that brought me so much joy. And so that's sharing in that joy with yeah. her. Yeah. It, it's totally changed now that like I can see her emotions and see her happiness and like, yeah. and while, so, we're go- 
while we're going on the the cruise and she's cranking Disney music. <laughs> like, I will I will always maintain that family family fast and furious style <laughs> family. No, I will always maintain that that family is the other thing. Mm-hmm. For whatever your passion is, family is a, is another one. Yeah, it, and just being able to bring them in it yeah increases yeah. The joy so when you much. combine the two yeah 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 absolutely also that that racetrack thing you know yes it's one of my greatest passions it also gives me the most stress well when you're competing yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the fun it is it is even when i'm yeah. arguing with track officials <laughs> is this related to the story you're telling me before we started recording uh it it was in relation to the racing i was doing it's a it's a whole thing i I got very heated and angry yeah Uh uh-oh yeah oh damn it worked out though (laughs) i was right oh okay okay yeah as long as you were able to prove them that you were right yes all right good okay anyways so what brings you your greatest joy family will always bring you joy and this isn't true for everybody but I think if you if you build the family that you want, which is a whole separate podcast, mm-hmm. you can find a ton of joy in your family. Oh, yeah. However, this is the other one. That that thing when you're by yourself, that brings you the greatest joy. Oh, just when I'm hanging out with my boys and whatever we're doing. Now, fuck that. What do you want to do? <laughs> right. It's It's like for me last night, Heather left early before I even raced in first round. <laughs> like I would have loved to have had her and Hadley there, but I was by myself. I had a you know few friends that I could talk to in between, but I was still doing the thing I loved most outside of everything else I do. Yeah, right, exactly. By myself. And and so why would you not want to do something for work that can enable that level of joy? Mm-hmm. Even though your chrome plastic overlays aren't drag racing <laughs> no there, there's nothing to do with my hobby but you know is, is it the most exciting thing ever not in the slightest but you know it's a job that still works with cars a, a variety of cars that i wouldn't typically ever look at or modify i know that <laughs> somewhere out there an end user is happy with some sort of modification from their car and it's planting a seed somewhere it may not be with every sale that we make, but it is with someone. And I was hoping that that was exactly what you were going to say before we started recording, (laughs) because, because that is what it is. It's, it's this idea that you are inspiring somebody to do things with in the aftermarket for their car. Mm -hmm. And it amazes me how much people don't know about this Avenue. Mm hmm. And so I go to people and I'm like, you know, you can put a film on your, on your glass, on your windows of your car that reduces heat by 85%. Mm-hmm. Do you want that? <laughs> Doesn't yeah. that sound good? Do you want Even though I'm a cheap play? button, don't buy it. <laughs> hey, I do. I'll, sp- I'll spend that money. <laughs> I, I will on my next car. I'm not, not cheap and not anymore. <laughs> and do you want uh, Apple CarPlay even if, your car is from 2006. Yeah. Well, you can do it for two grand <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of buying a new car. There's so many of these things that are so easy to enable. It's a lot of fun. 
Mm-hmm. And it is exciting to be part of that world. And so, yeah, that's what I wanted, wanted you to say is the fact that that's how you've connected your passion to yeah. what you do. Yeah. And, and that tree may not grow with the majority of them, but if I got one person that said, Oh my gosh, I can do more to this. It's a success. So you're, you, and I guess you don't have to divulge this information, but your most popular products are for equinoxes. Surprisingly. Oh, that's yeah. not there. Very popular car. Yeah. It's a super popular car, but yeah, it's been shoot. Probably since I started equinoxes have always been popular. <laughs> Making them high countries. Um, used chrome, to be, now, high used to be, yeah, it used to be very much chrome on Equinox, and then um, when the latest generation came out, it it shifted to black. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the latest generation looks like. Me either. <laughs> I just know what the wheels and handles look like. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> no. I've probably seen one, but like I can't picture it. It's yeah. just not. It's not a car like I would openly like go and look at. Also, I'm not a GM guy, so Ford. I but the thing is, I can tell you what the the older generation looked like. Like, yeah, they're everywhere. Ago. Yeah, I yeah. know exactly what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're way off on a sidebar here. Yeah. So let's just recap here. We want you to find your passion because that is the way in which you're going to derive the most success and the best fulfillment out of your life. So what are some ways to find your passion if you're struggling to find your passion? This is a question that nobody wants to tackle, but everybody recommends that you pursue your passion. So I'm tackling, you know, how do you find your passion? And I believe there are three questions that you can ask yourself to really dig it out. Because you may not just engage in it all the time. It may not be as easy as cars. Cars is a super easy and super popular one. But it may not be that easy for you. Maybe your hobby or your passion is something that is just, you know, you do it once a week or it's it has very little to do with your day-to-day life where cars mm-hmm. is something that 100% has to do with your day-to-day life. But so the three questions that I want you to ask yourself are, what do you have an endless attention span for? Basically, you know, you can do it seven days a week, 12 hours a day without any issues. That's something that you you should probably look into. (laughs) What do you really care about? And by that, what I mean is where are you going to derive the most satisfaction from the outcome of your work? Where do you care about the outcome of your work? The outcome of your work being stopping puppies getting thrown out of bathtubs or being getting somebody to do something with their car in the enthusiast aftermarket and loving the process. And the third one is what brings you the greatest joy for a lot of us out there. Family is a very, very good sort of barometer for what else is out there and how you can answer that question for yourself. So yes, family is probably one of the biggest contributors to joy in your life, but what else is there? What else is going to put this just gigantic smile on your face that you can't wipe off? that's something that you want to focus on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and I would say if you don't have concrete answers for those questions Arun just asked, might be time to be a little bit adventurous and have some open-mindedness and go out and try some new things that 
you wouldn't have considered before. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I'm lazy. <laughs> but that's the risk. That's the yeah, risk you're running. And, is, and I, I did that when I got into drag racing. I would have never have even considered doing it until somebody asked and I went on a limb and just went and did it. Yeah. And I told him last night as I'm sitting up against the fence at the starting line, I said, I'm mad at you. And he goes, why? And he goes, because my feet hurt because you invited me to a dang car club that brought me to the racetrack. And now I'm here. <laughs> now you're like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> now you're kind of a big deal. Kind of, yeah. Kind of as a joke though, but like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Totally a joke. Yeah, It's just a friend of mine. I hadn't seen in a while. I had to mess with him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, you know, hopefully from this, you can hear that the two of us obviously are, are super into what we do. We're very passionate about, cars and get a lot out of doing stuff with cars in our lives so with that dan do you have anything else no uh, unless you would like to uh give an update on the driven network how's it going the driven network didn't do a recorded lecture last week i know they didn't because i looked for it <laughs> and the reason for that is because i got on the phone i got on the the coaching call and alan was there and Alan and I talked for 45 minutes about okay. his business and what he's doing with his uh, little new business on the side of his day job. Mm -hmm. In addition to his second time in one month rental on Turo of a cool car that he's testing out because he's trying to upgrade from Good his car him. and yeah. he's testing out a few different options on Turo. What a smart way to go about that. I know, right? And then he also, he's local to, to me here. So he's dragging me out to a BMW autocross event here in a few weeks. Good for him. He's so getting you out of the house now. He's getting me out of the house. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, that that's what we're doing. That's what the Driven Network is all about. And so if you're interested in joining, hit one of us up and we can get you in. Mm -hmm. We know the secret code. We do. And uh, I got an order for a shirt this oh, weekend. It wasn't from me. And it it <laughs> wasn't. It was somebody who's never been a customer before who I knew already. But still, it was awesome to ship out a We Are Driven order. So if you want to do that, buy a shirt. We still got plenty in stock. I'm looking at them right now. They are wonderful shirts. And I ruin almost all of mine in a year's time. <laughs> yeah, they're not the most durable shirts. <laughs> Not when you wear them, you know, at least why, once a week. You know, I'm, I, I was, I was still learning about blanks and and different shirt qualities and all that. So the very first round of We Are Driven shirts back four years ago, they're all gone. They all disintegrated. Yeah, these are more durable, but they're still. I can do better, but I I will have to raise the price on the shirts. But yeah. they will be I, super high quality. I think you're good for now. Yeah, but I mean, I really like high quality products and so yeah. i will i will definitely increase <laughs> increase the uh the quality level of what we're doing here in the durability anyways yeah if you want to buy a shirt go to wearedriven.co place your order there and i will hand package the order and ship it out to you myself and i believe that that's all we've got today so with that all said this has been arun and dan we appreciate you listening and until next time, stay driven.